0: Now, come on, we can give God a little bit louder praise than that, right? Isn't it good to be alive? It's good to be alive. We are the light. Aren't you grateful that Jesus said, not only am I am the light, but he says, now you are the light. So we're in the middle of a series. I'm so excited about Christmas time. I love it. It's all about the light coming into the world. We're going to get to Luke chapter one. We're just going verse by verse. If you're guests with us, really, really glad that you're here. Scriptures are going to be on the screen. If you have your phone, you can pull that up, but we're going to be in Luke one. We'll get there in just a moment. I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. MVCC. Your generosity, your love, your outpouring and conviction about we can't just sit in a building and say that we love God. We need to be the love of God out there in the world. So there was a team of people that went yesterday across the border to spend the entire day Saturday with young people, children who are in an orphanage, and we have an ongoing relationship with them over the past decade. And I just want to say thank you because it's not an easy thing. You've got to give up a day. You've got to give up gas. You've got to give up time, money, all that stuff. And so thank you for those that are on board and doing that. And you can always get on board with just spending a day uh, with Casa Hogar is the name of the ministry. And so um, we, just, we just love Love being Jesus out there to people. The second thing I just want to thank you for is feed the need. Um, next week we're going to be uh, people in Lake Forest and some folks uh, in Mission Viejo. Sadly enough, don't have enough to eat during this Christmas season, and so you stepped up to the plate. You gave. You're continuing to give, and so we're going to be distributing all that. And if you want to be a part of that, you can at the connection point. You can also be a part of that team. It's just fun. It's just it's fun to follow Jesus. It's it's not just good enough to talk about Jesus, but it's fulfilling. It's fun to be the hands and feet of Jesus, right? And so today we're talking about being light and celebrating that light. So um, before we get into the text, I just want to set up the text here a little bit. Um, one of the most prominent figures in the New Testament, of course, is Mary. Mary and Joseph were humble people. They came from a small village. It was a small clan of people. They didn't have a lot of money. History tells us that they kind of grew up in a poor area. Nobody probably would even know Mary and Joseph. They weren't famous. They weren't uh, full of fame and fortune. So they were just peasant people who were humble and lived in a small town. And as they were engaged to be married, there's a moment that happens in Mary's life that I'm sure she would never forget. She's visiting. Remember last week, we looked at the announcement that John the Baptist would be born. John the Baptist was one of the greatest prophet of the entire Bible because he got to announce that Jesus is now coming into the world for us. And so now the second announcement by the angel comes to Mary as she's on her way to visit We believe that they were related, the Bible says, Mary and Elizabeth. And so Jesus and John the Baptist are really cousins uh, by six months in birth. Kind of a cool just narrative. And I just, I love the fact how God's handiwork, he puts the Bible together in such a succinct order, he leaves nothing out. Mary is humble. She loves the Lord. She's Jewish. She follows the Old Testament laws. She's God-fearing as Joseph was. And here in this text, an angel comes and breaks into this moment, which I'm sure she was surprised the text gives some variation of the fact that she was terrified that this angel comes, not so much terrified at the presence of God, but just startled that the angel is now visiting her and has the message of all messages. Just on a side note here, just for free, um, Jewish women in that day um, would marry younger than in our culture today. And so there would be something as they were taught generation after generation about the Messiah would come. It would be the hope of a young Jewish woman that she might carry the Son of God, that she might carry in her womb the Messiah, the promised one. They didn't know exactly when, but it was always kind of in the back of their mind. I was reading about this, stories that would be told at nighttime of young girls, and they would hope that, am I the one that gets to carry the Son of God? So that was always kind of there, and of course we see this incredible, Incredible God moment when she's visited by the angel. So in the text, Luke chapter one, we're going to pick it up here in verse twenty six. We're going to take twenty six to thirty eight and read this text together. In the sixth month, Elizabeth's birth our uh, pregnancy, God sent an angel. You have found favor with God. And you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of God, the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end Well, how how will this be, Mary asked, the angel said, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be fulfilled. Then the angel left Mary. I just want you to key in on 32 and 33, that the promised Messiah... This announcement is now coming to Mary, and she's not questioning, well, do I really believe this? She wasn't in disbelief. She was questioning, she believed, but she was questioning, how is the process going to happen? How? Because I haven't had any relations with a man. I haven't been with a man. How in the world is this going to happen? And of course, God takes care of every detail by unveiling the process to Mary. Blessed are you among women, Mary, Mary. You are blessed, why, why, why was the Bible saying this about Mary? Was it the fact that she was perfect? Was she immaculate? Was she, what some believe, Mary was actually perfect like Jesus? Absolutely not, because we're gonna read in here in just a moment, as her response to all this, she recognizes, my God, my savior. I think what that means is in her entire life, everything about her as a woman, she wanted so much to please God. She was trying her best. She was following the best that she could. She wasn't perfect, but her heart was so pure. This announcement right here is the core of Christianity. This is the core of the Bible. Without the immaculate conception, we don't have Christianity. Without Jesus growing up into the world, we don't have Christianity. Without his death and resurrection, there is no Christianity. In fact, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, if there is no resurrection from the dead, man, if Jesus didn't rise, we're wasting our time. There's so much more that we could be doing, but we believe that Jesus did rise from the dead. That's why you're here. You believe that Jesus has risen from the dead, and therefore it changes your whole life. Mary had this in her heart. She was pure of heart. I just want to read a few scriptures about the promised Messiah. All of it was calculated by God from Old Testament to New Testament, Isaiah seven fourteen gives reference to the virgin. Mary will give birth to a son. It was fulfilled in Matthew 1, 18 in the New Testament. Isaiah 9, 6 says, The Messiah will come as a baby. It was fulfilled in Micah 5.2. Those are just a few, but there's over 300 prophecies from Old Testament to New Testament about Jesus being the Son of God, things that he would say while he was on earth, things that was said to him, things that were done to him, how literally he would be crucified on a cross, all of those things, over 300 prophecies. Now, here's what's the really cool thing about the Bible is there's not one false prophecy in the Bible. No other religious person, no other religion could ever say the same thing. There have been so-called man-made religions that claim that they have prophetic words and prophecies, but none of them are like the Bible where there's absolutely not one false prophecy. There's not one contradiction. There's not one false truth within the Bible. I love it because that gives credibility. Didn't Jesus say, blessed are you who have believed but not yet seen? I haven't seen Jesus. Have you? I've not had a visitation physically from him. Oh, I've seen him in the spirit. I've seen him change my life, but I've not physically seen him. But I believe because these credibilities from the word of God are the facts that give credibility to Christianity. It's so different. And we don't say this with arrogance. We don't preach this with with we're better than anybody else. In fact, it lessens who I am and makes him greater for who he is. Knowing truth, the truth will set you free. Now I want you to see here Mary's response. Mary's response is golden. And that's where I want to key in today on this message about celebration. That Christmas time should be a celebration. We celebrate the fact that God has broken into the world. He stopped the time zone. He broke through as a helpless baby in Bethlehem. And because of that one act, you and I can be saved. That's why her response is so golden. I love it. Mary's response is not Oh, well, thanks for the info. Glad I get to be a part of this. She breaks out. I just want you to see Mary in a visual here with me that in this moment, the angel has left. The light is gone. And now her response is, watch this now. Turn with me if you have your Bibles to the Magnifica. This is Mary's praise song. This is her response, this is her prayer. And it starts in verse 46, and it just goes on and on and on. Some of you who are just Bible students, you love to dig into the word. That Latin, magnifica, means to magnify. So what she's really doing is from her spirit, she's magnifying the Lord. She's telling the Lord, you are so good. How could, how could I be chosen when God, you are so mighty? I just I love it because Mary sees her position not only as humble in humility but she sees the position of this is God almighty. Can I just say here once again for free that I think sometimes we we lessen the power of God by just oh yeah Jesus. Oh yeah God the Father. Oh yeah, it's Holy Spirit. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Wait a second. This is God almighty. Yeah. Almighty, and he demands my shock and awe in my life that God I want to be sober I I I want to stop swearing I, I want to stop sleeping around I want to stop doing all the things that I used to do because God you are mighty you are holy and if you said it we do it right that's where Mary's heart was she was pure of heart she was seeking after righteousness so just I want you just to climb into these these verses with me and just see Mary's heart. And maybe that nativity scene that's on the piano or under the Christmas tree or when we go to the malls and we see these nativity scenes that are all over at this season, it will mean something a little bit more deep. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God. Watch this, my savior for he he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant from now on to all generations will call me blessed for the mighty one has done great things for me holy is his name his mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down the rulers from their thrones, but he has lifted up, watch this, the humble. He was filled. He was filled with the hungry and and, and with good things, but has sent the rich away empty he has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham, his descendants forever and ever and ever, just as he promised our ancestors. I think this came out of her spirit. I think because she was a woman of God and she read the Psalms, it just came out of her because she loved God. Christianity wasn't a game. Christianity wasn't something that we just do for an hour and 10 minutes on Sunday morning. It was her entire life. That's right. Christmas means so much more. It comes from the heart. In 57 to 80, which we don't have time to read, it's John the Baptist's birth. Zacharias, his father, remember, was shut up for nine months because he did not believe the promise of God. And all of a sudden, when John is born, he is able to speak. Zachariah breaks out. Also, in celebration and praise of God, you can read that in further reading. I just want you to notice a pattern here in Scripture there's an announcement, there's a promise, and there's obedience, and then there's worship and there's celebration. It's a natural response. God is near to those that humble their heart. I hope that you saw in the Magnifica as she is just pouring it out. Humility just keeps reigning over and over and over again. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. He's looking for people who are humble to do great things, which leads to point number one in your notes. Jesus Christ was born into the world to save us, Born of the Virgin Mary, Immaculate Conception, why? This is, sorry, this is in the notes, got a little ahead of myself. I just want to make this point of why this announcement is so important, because Jesus Christ came to save you. We were just having a discussion at Starbucks about the fact that, that a couple of folks about how we have made Christianity so easy, oh, just check off, just believe Jesus, check off a card, just believe in Jesus, His grace, his mercy, his love, and that's true. But we forgot the most important thing about the gospel. We are stinking sinners. Mary knew that. That's why she said, my savior. She knew the depth of, she wasn't perfect. She knew that she needed God to rescue her. Now I wanna say this very carefully because the Bible is very, very clear about this. In the book of Matthew, it talks about the fact that in Matthew chapter 25, God created hell for the devil and his angels. It was never created for people to go there. But I must understand that because of my sin, and we've all ran away from God at some point in our life, we we were all lost, and I was destined for that place. In fact, the book of Romans tells us that we are subjects of God's wrath. There has to be a penalty paid for what we've done wrong. But why she's so, I just, I want you to see the elation, the celebration and how it translates into our life. She knew where she was and she knew where God was bringing her. You and I must, if we are slaves of Christ, if we are servants of Christ, if we have have received Christ into our life, we must understand we were lost. And when I understand how lost I would have been, I love Jesus so much more. Did we hear that? I love Jesus so much more because I realized, dude, I was lost. Now he found me and I found him. And that's why this celebration comes out. Christmas isn't just about trees and presents and lights. I love all that stuff. Gathering for food, family, friends, helping people in need. That's wonderful. That's icing on the cake. The true meaning of Christmas is that God broke into our world and he saved us, man so much more than just sitting. It's loving him, passionately following him. Point number one in your notes, I've always found it helpful. I just have to write things down. I just, I just, it's just me. So I just want to encourage you right in front of the seat back. If you write these down and maybe help you remember it, you can stick it in some place and just remember it. But Mary celebrates, right? The promise of his grace. That was a promise from the, not just from the teachings in the Old Testament, but it was a promise that was passed down from generation to generation. Number two is this Mary celebrates the permanence of his grace. It's permanent. That's why, oh, shoot, I better go to church this week because I kind of messed up last week, so I better go just to, just to make sure. Right, don't we kind of do that? Oh, come on, right? Let's be real. I gotta get those points back because I really messed up last week. That's not the way it works, man. We are Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. When he makes a promise, he will not break a promise. We are saved and sanctified because of the blood of Jesus Christ. So Mary's so pure. She's so humble. She's blessed. She's chosen all of these wonderful things. She knew that she needed Jesus to save her reminds me of some of the Bible greats that use the same language. If you just want to make a reference in the 23rd Psalm, it's David when he writes, my shepherd. There's a pattern. It's a personal relationship with God. It's personal. God invites us into where he is, and then he asks us to invite him into our heart. So, Question, what darkness in your life, past life or maybe present, what has he rescued you from? I really want you just to ponder that for a moment because I think it changes when we come into a place like this, it changes how I come to this place. Man, I'm coming because I'm so glad that God saved me. I know who I am. I know what I was, but I'm so glad for who he is. And I can't wait to come in and sing these songs to God. That's a marriage. The first thing she did, she didn't run home and tell everybody. She didn't get on Instagram. She didn't get on Facebook. She didn't call somebody. She didn't run through the town. Guess what? I'm the chosen one. She praised God. How many times, man, am I so worried about what people think? So worried about what people say. That's the old way. This is the new way. God. Everything's God. Everything's God. Praise God. Worship God. Love God. And man, it's only an hour and 10, hour and 15 minutes. What about the rest of the hours all week long? I think Mary was so in tune. Her whole life was worship. Her whole life. God did not liberate Mary to wander, but to worship. Right? Right? If you're, on Insta, if you're online, this that's just a good one maybe to put in the chat right now. Pass that one on. Wish I could say I made that up. Didn't make that up. I stole it. God did not liberate Mary to wander, figure it out, but to worship. Amen. Man, there's so many problems. Can I confess to you my own life that I try and figure out? What am I going to do? How are we going to fix this? What are we going to do over here? Come up with a plan. Nothing wrong with planning, but sometimes I put so much stock in the next move, I have forgotten to go to God first and let him reveal the plan. Not to wander, but to worship. God has a purpose for you. Your only prescription is to plug into God. Do what you were destined to do. Become what you were destined to be. You were destined to be in the likeness of Jesus Christ. And if your guest here with us says, that doesn't relate to me. Who's Jesus? What? I'm so glad you asked. We'd love to help you with that. But from the moment you were conceived, even before you were conceived, there's credibility in the word of God that God already knew you and he's already working out in your life. And you may not even know he wants you to be in the person of Jesus Christ and look like him in your life. It's more than just Sunday mornings. I'm talking about a living, breathing, active, gully-wrenching relationship, passionate love relationship with God. It's not just some place I go to. I mean, whether you're driving down the road, whether you're in your class, walking down the hallways, in your neighborhood, walking your dog, walking your cat, whatever you're doing, you worship and you praise God. Why? Because he's been so good to you. I'd be dead without Jesus. I really wish some of it, you know what we ought to do? We ought to do this, guys. We ought to have the pastors maybe all line up here. Because sometimes you think we're all holy. I know Scott and Brian, they're not all holy. (laughs) But we've got little marks. We're already ready here, Brian. One, two, three, four. All the pastors just come up and we just take a few minutes and just talk about all the things in our life that Jesus has delivered us from. Because I want you to know we're just like you. We did not come out of the womb. Right, Pastor Zach, our youth pastor? We did not come out of the womb speaking in tongues, praising God. We were sinners. The Bible says that. We ran away from God. Nobody is without excuse but we're so grateful that God saved us. And then he called us into serving him to lead the people of God. Our role is not to do all this ministry work. Our role is to put the tools in your hands to help you identify. You have been gifted. You have been talented. You have been given so much from God. Now we do ministry together. That's the joy of pastoring. When you love God and you say, hey, I'm all in sanctify me, God, deliver me, set me free, loose me and let me go. Is anyone here just wanna be loosed and just let me go, God? Let me go, let me serve you, love you. No one can do this for you. It, does, it, it Praise God for parents that are raising their children in the ways of Jesus Christ. But you, we told this to my sons, you have to make your own decision. We want you to follow Jesus. We raised you in the, the way and showed you the truth, but you have to make your own choice. It's not, well, you know, we went to church as a kid, so I'm, I'm saved. I live in America, so I'm saved. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a Democrat. I'm a Republican. I'm libertarian. I'm, I'm nothing, but I'm saved. It has nothing to do with any of that. It's all about you personally receiving Christ in your life and then worship. Oh, my gosh. The worship will transform you. It will change you. It opens up a whole new dimension. Those of you that just love to worship God, you know of what I'm speaking it, 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 it shifts you into a whole new dimension. That's why when Mark comes up here and, and sings songs and he's leading us into worship, I know I have to go somewhere, not to the bathroom. I have to go somewhere where God is. I have to go into the fourth dimension with him. I'm not talking about anything unbiblical. I'm not talking about anything weird. I'm talking about just being in his presence. Because the world has beat me to a pulp all week long. The devil hates you. He hates this church. He hates that you're here. He hates the fact that you love God. He hates the fact that maybe some of you are here today. You know, we should get back to church. It's Christmas time. We need a little religion. He hates that. He'll do anything he can do to distract you and get you away from God. That's why you need, I need to go into that fourth dimension. And worship is a part of that. I I wish I had the next hour and a half to talk about Romans 12. I know that worship is our whole life, but I just want to key in on this because I think the church on Sunday mornings and Saturday nights is suffering, is suffering needlessly. We are not, we have missed the gathering together. And that doesn't mean that you can't watch online. I'm talking about our heart engaged in celebration for what God has said. I have been to concerts where I've waited an hour and a half outside in the cold to get in. Back in the day, we didn't have seating charts, and you ran in to find the best seat. Can I just tell you, I long for the day, man, when people are literally outside waiting. We have to have services every night of the week because we can't handle what God is doing. People are coming in, ready to worship. Bibles open, apps open, hearts raised, hands raised, ready to worship like Mary. Take me to that new dimension, God. Any Trekkies here? Are there any Star Trek people? Leave the building. No, 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 no. (laughs) Captain Kirk, Spock, I like that stuff, but you know there's a phrase that's common. Beam me up, Scotty. Beam me up, Scotty. What that was in the movie Jesus is saying, I believe to the truth. Beam me up, Lord. Get me to the next dimension so that I can see problems and addictions and suffering and pain from your perspective. You're not freaked out by that. What worship does, I'm talking about heart worship. I'm talking about engaging with God. I'm talking about wanting to be here at night. In fact, getting here 10 minutes early because I have to get my heart engaged. It's like what Clark Kent is to Superman He's changed into a new dimension. Trouble, pain, anxiety, depression can't follow you in in worship. It has to leave. Have you noticed that? I could be thinking about 15 things I got to do, things I got to tackle Sunday afternoon. But I start getting into worship and God, those things can't go. Anyone here struggle with anxiety? Anyone here struggle with depression? It can't go into worship. Mary worshipped. I just, I, I the celebration, the worship. Our problem is not enough people want to go. Not enough people want to go, and I don't mean that judgmentally, because I'll tell you, there's some days I go kicking and screaming. (laughs) I don't want to go. God, I told you I wasn't talking to you all day, so I'm not doing it, because I'm not happy. With what you're doing in my life right now, oh, we don't say those things, and we may not go like this. But inside, I'm not standing; I'm sitting with my arms crossed with God. Right? Little Johnny was sleeping upstairs. Storm banging against the house. This is back in the mid, you know, in the, in the uh, East Coast where they really have storms. It's funny here, it's a little drizzle, storm watch, you know. (laughs) Mommy, mommy, I fell out of the bed. She comes in. I'm so sorry, honey. She puts him back in bed the next night. The same thing happens. Mama, mom, I'm so sorry. I'm falling out of the bed, falling out of the bed. I'm tired of falling out of the bed. You ever feel like in your Christian life, we fall forward, then we fall back. We fall forward, then we fall back. Finally, she comes in as he says, mommy, mommy, could you please help me with this? She says, it's simple, honey. You never got far enough in. And I just say that, and us as pastors, we're not above all this because we're thinking about the 10,000 things we gotta do second hour. You may be in business right now and think, oh my gosh, my partner is just, he's he's not with me. She's not with me. I gotta raise these kids myself. How am I gonna do this? I'm thinking about getting a divorce. I'm thinking about maybe just marrying that guy because I'm so tired. All these things we think about And we fall forward, then we fall back away from the Lord. We fall forward, then we fall back. Some of us haven't gotten in far enough with God to say, okay, Lord, I'm all yours. I'm all yours. doesn't matter whether you come from a background that's Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Calvary Chapel, Lutheran, Catholic, community church, Buddhist, Muslim, uh, agnostic. Dianetics, atheism, humanism, call it whatever you want. We all need Jesus. And we all have been called to worship him. Last thing I want to say, and then we'll get right into the action points, because action points are my favorite. Give me something to do. Give me a challenge. Let me dig my teeth into this. I don't want to just hear something. I want to do something, right? And in, 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 in Isaiah, Isaiah is one of the most intriguing prophets to me because most of the prophecies that came out of his mouth directly from the Holy Spirit were about Jesus and everything that he would say and do and things that would happen to him on earth. There's one scene in Isaiah chapter 6 that is striking to me. In the Old Testament, he has been called by God to go into the temple. And and, and the Bible says this. When he goes into the temple, there's smoke that's arising. He walks in probably like it was any normal afternoon of going into the temple. But all of a sudden, angels visit him. He is so in awe of the presence of God. The Bible says he falls down and says this. I am a man of unclean lips. I don't belong here. I don't belong in the presence of God because I know who I am. God does not shut the door. God does not kick him out. In fact, God invites him in closer. So what about us? What about you? What about me? Come on, Pastor Mike, get this thing right. Let's stop worrying and stressing and let's start worshiping. Let's start celebrating. And all it's not that everything goes away. It's just that those things take their proper place. They're so small because my God is so big. Amen. So in your action points, here we go. I want you to think about this. I want you to do this. I gave you some, some assignment last. I hope that you did it last week. It wasn't very long. It was just to look up the New Testament promises from Jesus and pick two that you really struggle with and really meditate on those puppies. This one, number two today, the action point is simple. How do I prepare myself for worship? How do I do that? When we're talking about worship, I understand Romans 12, the whole life is worship, but I'm just talking about the special time that we have here. This is special. We all get together as a family. Praise him for who he is. Is Here's something that I'm learning to do. You can Google this. It's really easy. Looking up all the names of God, it is amazing how many names in the Bible that name our God and maybe pick two of those that really speak to you and meditate on those. Your worship will go to that fourth dimension. Number two is to thank him for what he's done. Boy, this is a big one. Thank him. Mary, thank God. Thank you, God, for the privilege. Thank you, God, that I have a wife who's, Loves Jesus. I have boys who love God. I have a house and uh, running water and food. I have everything I need. God, thank you. for. I recognize those come from you. See what it does? It it it, it brings a depth to the heart of worship. Number three is, you're not going to like this one. But as you're a pastor, I got to tell you the truth, man. I want you to examine yourself. I really do. This communion time that we're going to have in just a second, it's not just down the juice, take the wafer and I just kind of did it. This is examining myself. How am I doing with worship of you that hung on the cross? God, help me. I I see the word. I see Mary's response. God, I want to get to that place. Help me. And the last one is to come ready. Ready to honor Christ's sacrifice, to come ready. When I go to an NFL football game, I'm ready. When I come to a service, I'm ready. This might be the last Sunday we have on earth. Make it the best heart, light that comes from heaven. Father, I thank you for your message that you gave us and i pray and hope god i didn't mess it up i pray that if anything that you did something god with your word to help our people help me god help all of us to see the awesomeness of who you are we are light and and god we simply want to shine especially in this season god i pray in the remaining moments that we have god that you will just do the work inside the heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us at Mission Vale Christian Church. Just know that we always have live services here every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. We'd love to have you here, and we'll see you next time.